How disappointed are you that you will not be a 49er? Not as disappointed as the 49ers will be that they didn't draft me. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast, uh, the only podcast in the crosshairs of the woke mob, boys. Let's go. <laughs> He's gone. Aaron Rodgers uh, is done, boys. We have compromised Aaron Rodgers to a permanent end. For the second time in three years, the answer to the question, who's better, Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo, has been answered. With the 49ers. A, with a resounding Nick Bosa. Yeah, with a resounding no. <laughs> What was that one guy that that tweeted about how uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is a horrible quarterback because of his statistics and all this other stuff? Yeah, he's bad at everything, including losing. So, So, yeah, yeah, he's (laughs) this is two consecutive 49ers playoff wins where he has been completely an accessory to it. (laughs) It rules. No, Walker, this is uh, three straight because he was an accessory to the Green Bay Packers NFC Championship game last time. Yes. No, he was. So I thought you were saying he was an accessory to the Dallas one, and no, then two was, straight playoff, Green Bay playoff ones. runs. In oh, the, runs. Okay. No, not not games. Yeah, no, because oh. yeah, last. I mean, he played okay in a couple games again in 2019, but he certainly wasn't a reason why the Niners were winning. He was just kind of there, and then this year he's just been straight up awful, and the Niners are still <laughs> somehow winning. Have you considered vibes? See, this uh, is the thing people don't quantify, is Jimmy G has strong vibes. I don't think he's been awful, honestly. I think he's he's done solid He's been jobs. Jimmy G. He, he has yeah, he's thrown I mean, zero touchdowns in two playoff games. Zero. Two, two and oh, baby. Do you know how much they won? Touchdowns, that's the thing. Is like That was like what the guy, what is his name? Well, I don't want to put him on blast. But he he's like, oh, this guy's a bad quarterback. And they majority of people do it. Oh, the, these players are good quarterbacks or bad quarterbacks, depending on their statistics. It has nothing to do with statistics. It's just like it's vibes. So frustrating. It's vibes. Because Nick Bosa wouldn't know to be good if uh, Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't there. And Fred Warner wouldn't know to be good. Right. And, yeah. All these, you know. And Jordan okay. Willis wouldn't know to be good. Right. And, you know, block, it's all block about the quarterback and what the quarterback does. And, you know, they're the reason why they win or lose the game, because it's only about the quarterback. And that's why my quarterback ranks right now are. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jimmy G, and Matthew Stafford. So those are my ranks. Actually, no. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, Jimmy G, Joe Burrow, Matthew Stafford, because Jimmy G beat Joe Burrow this year. So check there it. You go. That's, that's, check it. Check and mate, boys. All right. Um, uh, I'm going to exit the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I Please hate no, this I, bit more I than don't, anything. I don't <clears throat> actually believe this, but it's a fun bit because uh, it is very stupid. I don't actually think Jimmy G is that good. I think he's that handsome. Of course, but he is. like I tweeted out today, I said I want the Niners to keep Jimmy G. And I want them to keep winning because all of NFL Twitter turns into he can't keep getting away with this. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. He's not a bad quarterback. He's a bridge quarterback. That's he's not a good. He's not a. This goes back to the the. He's, he's certainly a quarterback. Yeah, this goes back to kind of like the Odell Beckham discussion. He's not good, but he's not bad. He's in the middle. He's 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 I was I was texting with my buddy about this. Uh, he's like the class. He's like in the bad part of the Kirk Cousins group. 
where it kind of starts to get a little wobbly into like Andy Dalton territory. So yeah, exactly. I would put yeah. him right around there from like Derek Carr and um, wow, Mike, Lo- you you're throwing Derek Carr to the bus. <laughs> no, he he's above Jimmy Garoppolo. He's just at the top echelon of that group. Now and I'm then, leaving the podcast. Mike, enjoy the podcast by <laughs> by myself. <laughs> Let me Welcome tell you the about Mike the Valverde hour. of Zach Moss. <laughs> I'm getting oh. mad. Welcome to the Mike Valverde hour where we get mad about Carson Wentz. <laughs> now, let me tell you about Carson Wentz. Oh, no. I just like talking himself into Jimmy G. Because he's going to be the next Colts <laughs> Colt quarterback. <laughs> there's a nice well, chance he's under center for the Colts next year. So The only difference between Carson Wentz and Jimmy G is Carson Wentz can run. <sighs> can he still run? I thought yeah, he stopped running little. when he got hurt. He, he's he still he still can he just doesn't as much and or as effectively but it's still more so than Jimmy G. Okay, sounds good. Let's uh let's start talking about the games, boys. Oh, welcome in Football Absurdity Podcast. Uh, check us out Fball Absurdity on Twitter. RFL Red Zone is Mike Walker is Big Daddy Dricks. I'm Jeff Crisco K R I S K O. I certainly hope nobody uh just came into the podcast uh, raw and was like, who are these jokers? <laughs> Do you came, think, into the, came came in the podcast raw. <laughs> you gotta warm it up a little bit. Don't you know <laughs> Guys, I got two hours of sleep last night. I don't have this. I don't have this in me right now. All right. Uh let's let's start with the what we're gonna do is the same thing we did last time. Uh that was a bonus episode, so people might not have heard it. Uh we're gonna start with the AFC games that were played this weekend, and then we're gonna talk about the AFC championship game. And then we'll do the same with the NFC. And then we will get out of here. And hopefully, I will not say too many stupid things that Walker and Mike just roast me for. So let's start with Cincinnati um, at Tennessee. Uh, Cincinnati wins this one 19 to 16. Uh, they advanced to the AFC Championship game, their second win in the playoffs since Walker's been alive. Um, the first game that kind of set the tone for the weekend because Evan McPherson hit the field goal as time expired to send the Bengals to the AFC Championship game. Uh, injuries in this one, T-, T. Higgins injured his thumb, but he was a full participant in practice on Wednesday. Joe Burrow's knee issue, he took a gnarly hit and was kind of mm-hmm. down, but he ended up being fine. Uh, he was full participant in on, in Wednesday's practice. Uh, for the Titans, um, Derrick Henry came back from his injury. He was okay. Um, and that was really it. So, um, I mean... What do we want to talk about here? Let's see. Uh, let's start with the Titans since they're they're out. Um, DeAndre yeah. Foreman's a free agent. Where does he go next year? What does he do? Because I'm not. I wrote about the Titans yesterday. I'm not quite sure what to do with Deonta Foreman. Yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine he signs back with Tennessee to be their backup. I I mean, he looked good enough that he can at least be like more of a one B somewhere, which I think mm-hmm. is probably the role he'll end up in. Um, but he, he's better than just a guy who gets like four touches a game behind Derrick Henry. So, yeah. I mean, a, any team that's looking for a more of a bruiser behind their number one back who's more explosive, like I could see him maybe in uh, like with the Chargers. Chargers. Well, Chargers, they kind of put a lot of touches into their number one guy, too. I know, but it, they they have more they run more plays on offense and. And that sort of thing too. I mean, I uh, what's somewhere else they could use a, a what about two? 
I don't know what the cap situation would be if they did this, but what about if the Lions, instead of having Jamal Williams as basically baby DeAndre Swift, they go thunder and lightning? No, the Lions won't do that. They won't do that? Okay. Well, Williams is under contract next year, so. That's what I wasn't sure. Like I said, I didn't know what the contract situation was. I just Yeah, yeah, William, Williams will be around next year. Um, Mike, what do you think? We have Craig Reynolds, too, so. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm thinking maybe Atlanta. I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah, that's not back. a bad call. Yeah, with with Arthur Smith, he obviously fits the scheme, so mm-hmm. that would be a you know, he could go, he could be the uh, the Thunder to Cordero's Lightning, and then you can not put too many touches on Cordero. Maybe he lasts a bit longer at his higher level than he did this season. So yeah, because that, that was the big problem with Cordero. <clears throat> they just used him too much, and he broke yeah. down because he was he's not used to it. Yeah, if you give like Foreman. 15 touches and Patterson 12 and you know all season then that's I, probably a pretty good backfield pair. yeah I think that's an upgrade because you're giving Mike Davis zero so yeah get him out of here get him out of here um, Mike Davis is uh probably going to be cut he signed yeah. a two-year contract but they have an out this year so yeah he probably, gone he gone um that's a great call uh Atlanta I, I like that call um but here's my here's my other question: Is Derrick Henry a system running back? That's not a serious, <laughs> that's not a serious question. But I mean the the Titans' run game is is good. I mean Foreman didn't really miss a beat this year with Henry gone, and I think here here's my thing: They might have Foreman back, and instead of giving Derrick Henry twenty five to thirty touches a game, they give him eighteen, and they give Foreman ten to twelve, and just keep rotating them through. And well, that would be smart. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. He could be back with the Titans, you know? Maybe. I mean, if they he guarantee be- him that sort of role, then I could see that happening for sure. Um, I mean, I I think basically the Titans scheme is on in the running game is good enough to create like a baseline decent running game. And yeah. then anything on top of that is the player's talents. So like <clears throat> Dontrell Hilliard got exactly what was there and that was it. Deontay Foreman got more but not as much more as derrick henry does so uh, it's it's an effective scheme and with both henry and foreman staying fresh that would be a very potent running game for sure yeah Uh, mike what do you think about uh foreman staying put in tennessee well that was my original assessment but usually when running backs are up for contract like foreman is they usually go somewhere else but yeah, they can get three or four mil somewhere else. Right, but I can definitely see Tennessee wanting him back because Derrick Henry is going to be 27 years old. He's been already injured. Uh, it's you know even though he did look pretty much himself um, in the playoff game, but when you carry as many and many uh, touches and that he does, it's they're going to want to give someone uh, the load and or at least partial. And Deontay Foreman showed that he's very capable of that. So why give Derrick Henry 29 um, touches per game when you can give him 17 or 18 and still be as efficient? Yeah, I think that 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 might be the best bet for the Titans, but it might be hard for them to uh, keep him around. Um, So A.J. Brown returned to form uh, five for 142 and a touchdown. Uh, Julio Jones finally showed up six for 62. Uh, no score. Um, where do we draft AJ Brown next year? Is he 
late second, early third, do you guys think? Uh, AJ is, I mean, he's extremely good at football, obviously. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think, uh, I mean, he was what, a mid second this year? Uh, early to early to mid second, yeah. Yeah, he'll take a little bit of a hit from that. So yeah, probably early third. Early third, Mike. What do you think? Uh, well, I yeah, probably somewhere around there. Um, in the beginning of the season, he was. Let's see, that's standard. Um, because I got it right in front of me. Oh, you here. got the ADP in front of you. Yeah, he was a uh, wide receiver seven. Um, to start the season. Uh, yeah, I, I think he'll probably go slightly lower like i figure he'll be like wide receiver nine yeah he'll probably anywhere between nine and 12 but i'm not touching him i don't yeah there i think his adp is too high as a wide receiver 12 wide receiver 15 14 15 yeah i definitely consider it but not not any time before that interesting I have him, I did, so I'm, I'm doing my first, like, top 12 for next year, like, two early ranks. I have him at nine at, at um, wide receiver. I have him, uh, oh, no, wait, okay, sorry. So I want to I guess the eight people you have uh, ahead of him. All right. Cooper Cup. Correct. Uh, Devontae Adams. Correct. Tyreek Hill. Correct. Justin Jefferson. Yep. Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keenan Allen. Nope. Oh, okay. Um, I had one and I forgot. Oh, Debo. Yep. You have uh, seven and eight. Or, uh, yeah, seven and eight. Cause I have Deontay? Nine. Yep. Deontay's at eight. Uh, why am I not thinking of the other one? Mike Evans? No. Mike Evans, I the Tampa Bay guys I'm pushing down because of the – we'll talk about that with Tom Brady. Uh, CD? Nope, CD Lamb is not in my top twelve. I yeah, I, that's he was just, he's just in the in the fantasy zeitgeist, so I was like, eh, maybe he got he got knocked out this weekend. Right. Um, no, I'm saying the the other guy, the the guy you're missing, he got knocked out this weekend. Oh, Stefan. Yeah, Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And then I got Allen ten, Metcalf eleven, Waddle twelve. Because Waddle, okay. yeah. So that's I mean that's that's fine to me. I mean I. No Renfro, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, no Renfro. He's, Renfro's got, probably, he's got Derek Carr there. He's probably going to be like 16 for me. I don't know. I'm just putting out top 12 now, and then I'm going to wait till I do projections to put everything, you know, to actually uh, have um, real uh, ranks. I don't know how you can deny Derek Carr like that. This is rude. Like this. Derek Carr, you are denied. Um, get him out of here. Get him out uh, of yeah. here, folks. I'll probably, right. I was thinking Renfro 18, but... Who cares? Yeah, I was thinking like 16, so same difference. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Cincinnati. Uh, the passing game outside of Joe, uh, Jamar Chase didn't do much. Um, I'm sorry, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, which means that Tyler Boyd did nothing. That's basically what that means. Um, no touchdowns in the passing game. It was just uh, Joe Mixon and a bunch of field goals from Evan McPherson, four for four. Um, where are we drafting Evan McPherson next year? Uh, I don't play with kickers. Get him out of here. Sorry. I'd say he's top five of all kickers. Top five? Yeah. He's a good kicker and a good offense. So if you play with kickers, then yeah, he's top five. Number one kicker, baby. 
Justin Tucker. I love kickers. <laughs> no, not Justin Tucker. Justin Tucker's never been number one. I don't like that he gets ranked there every year. Because yeah. he's the best. He's always good. That's what he you're looking never for. Finishes he's there. the most consistent. Ah, never Evan McPherson, maybe. Why, why take someone at one when they ne- never finish at one? Why, why right. take a kicker? Speaking of because good, not kickers rule. Speaking of good, not great. Joe Mixon. Uh, That's right. That was all I had to say about that. Yeah, uh, he, he, Joe Mixon had one really nice run, and the rest of the game sucked. Yeah, he had six for fifty-one through the air. Uh, also had one good catch uh, for twenty-one yards, and then the rest of the game sucked. So yeah, he, he was he was like hell bent on cutting back into traffic for the entire first half of the game, had gotten to open space and made a really, you know, a, a really pretty touchdown run. Yeah, um, that was a great cutback on that touchdown. Run. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, made the one really nice catch. So he had a couple splash plays and was below average the rest of the game. So he did a Joe Mixon. Um, I, yeah, he. My, in relation to my original question, who wins, Joe Mixon or the Bengals? I guess the answer was yes, because, I mean, Mixon's stat line was good. I, I don't think he was good the whole game. He had a couple nice plays. Um, but, yeah, he he was fine. Um, in terms of the, the Bengals, I mean, I I don't know if there's a whole lot to, to analyze here. It kind of was exactly like it was in the first round. Um, the passing offense was effective, but they struggled to put drives away. Mm-hmm. Mixon was mostly ineffective, but had a few nice plays. Um, Chase is the clear number one. Higgins is the clear number two there. Uzoma is a solid safety valve tight end and will likely be re-signed by them and should be. Uh, the offensive line is just horrifically bad. Um, and then on defense, they're better than people give them credit for. Uh, the the secondary has really been holding up well. Eli Apple's career renaissance is cool to see. Um, he, he's been awesome. Horrible. He's been awesome for the Bengals. Really good. No, he has not. He has. I swear on my life, he's been really good. He was great last week. Well, he got burned a couple times. Chidobe Ouzier was the one who was getting toasted by A.J. Brown all game. Oh, maybe I confused him. Um, Jesse time? Bates is a high-level safety uh, Logan Wilson's great at middle linebacker. They've got a pretty fearsome front four. DJ Reader, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, all good players. So, yeah, I don't think their defense gets enough credit right now because the offense, while it's putting up a ton of yards, isn't really scoring touchdowns in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, I, I think the, the – I mean, the Bengals certainly are – they're close to a complete team. If they could find an offensive line, they'd be a complete team. Um and on paper, obviously, you know, they beat Kansas City early, you know, what, month and a half ago? They, I mean, they can certainly compete. Okay. Uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on uh, – do you have any any final thoughts about the Bengals? Um, not really. I think they're – you know the players that get uh, – they, they struggled to protect Joe Burrow, but that was going to be the case anyways when they're facing the – the Titans defensive front and when you you have you know below average blocking so they'll pick someone up this year in the draft probably or bring in a free agent or something that effect but this offense you're going to want to get um, a big part of I am a little concerned about T Higgins in the last couple games that we've seen in the playoffs he really just been all about Jamar Chase so is that so somewhat of a transition uh, going forward I don't know yet, but uh, the the one big glaring 
um, situation for me that's changed my mind is that Jamar Chase is a top five wide receiver. I had him lower just because his average depth of target was like insane. And I'm like, there, you just can't have a top five wide receiver with an A dot of, of such. But uh-huh. that's changed now. And because it's changed, it's changed my mind that he is a top five right, wide receiver off the board. I have to ask about this concern about T. Higgins. I'm concerned about Tyler Boyd, not T. Higgins. Tyler Boyd was seven for 96 in this one, which was more yards than Tyler Boyd had the last three games combined. I, I, I'm not particularly concerned about T. Higgins. I know he had one for 10 against the Raiders, but the Raiders have a pretty good pass defense. So um, I'm not all that concerned about T. Higgins, to be honest. It depends. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little concerned because the – T. Higgins is probably a top 12, 15 wide receiver, but he's but they're not focusing. And it's a small sample size. Um, so that that's that's the only thing that I'm thinking might be something to look for. But I'm not I'm only concerned for for right now. I'm not concerned I, about it all together. I get what you're saying. They're not maximizing T. Higgins. Exactly. They okay, haven't been maximizing them in the playoffs, which gotcha. is a little concerning. Okay, I, I got no, that. Yeah. Actually, they are because T. Higgins is uh, pretty good and not great. Yeah, he's like, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, he he's not great. He's, Jamar Chase is great. Uh, T. Higgins is definitely below that. Uh, but he, but as far as like return on value, I I like T. Higgins' value much more than I like Jamar Chase because I don't have to pay for for numbers that I'm probably going to end up getting anyways. On the differential. Well, you're, I mean, T. Higgins is going to be in most people's top 12 receivers next year, so you're going to have to pay a premium for him, too. But well, I, get, I get what Mike's saying. Top 12 receiver is going to be like third round, whereas Jamar Chase is going to squeak into the first round for some people. Right. Uh, maybe, but, but I mean, so. What's, what's the differential in, in return on value between the first the, and the third this was This was the same argument we had this year where, where everybody was like, take T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd instead of Jamar Chase because Chase is going two rounds earlier. And everybody's gonna and everybody's gonna regret it. And then Chase was way better for fantasy than both those guys, so it was worth it. Was he way better? Oh, I mean, both him and Higgins end up being worth it. To be fair, but yeah, I was gonna say not way better than Higgins, but yeah, Boyd but, was a wasted pick. Way better yeah. than Boyd, but not yeah. yeah. Essentially, what I'm saying shit. is that the argument was don't draft Jamar Chase because you can get other Bengals receivers later, and that argument was incorrect because Chase was the best Bengals receiver. But I don't I, know why is that incorrect. It's incorrect because Chase paid off his draft slot. Well, I think okay. So what Walker's saying and is more. people are saying don't draft Chase in what the sixth? Is it that was what he was fifth, going? I, I think he was going around the fifth. They're saying don't take him in the fifth because you can get T Higgins in the in seventh, the sixth, and Tyler Boyd in the eighth. Yeah, but getting Jamar Chase in the fifth was a home run. He's a top five wide receiver. So it was worth it to take him in the fifth. Um, You're getting, I I think you're getting, not you, Mike, but I think when you try to split hairs there, what Walker's saying between Higgins and Chase in the fifth and the seventh is you're really trying to like thread the needle on being like, okay, I'm going to maximize this perceived value while eschewing the uh, ultimate upside of the two players. Because people thought that it was around the same spot when Chase's, as we saw, was much higher. In, in that case, yes, I, I was more speaking of this year, but yes, in uh, in that case where one's a fifth round pick and one's a seventh round pick, yeah. 
Chase was clear and far above the the answer there over over because you're you're looking at the return of value um, or return investment uh, differential, and yeah. when you have that much of a differential, then clearly Chase is the winner. Yeah, I'm trying to look here. So, uh, so oh. Higgins had 219 points, and and Chase had 306. That's, <laughs> that's how much of a difference it was. I was like, all right, two, that's not bad. And then it was Jamar Chase just knocking the ball out of the park. So, um, all right, let's. Well, uh, that 55.6 game he had in week yeah, 17 really boosted his value. I forgot about that. Um, all right, let's. But, but just to recheck real quick, but Higgins had a 43.4 game in week 16. So both of them had monster games. And I think Tyler Boyd had a monster game down the stretch, too, at one point, didn't he? Not quite to that level, but. Tyler Boyd's big game came the week before that. So you had the 17 for Chase, the 16 for Higgins. And in week 15, Tyler Boyd had 20.6 points per. Okay. So I think what I'm hearing here is go get Joe Burrow next year. Yes, go get Joe Burrow for sure. I think that's what I'm hearing. Um, So, all right, boys, you guys ready to talk about the game of the weekend? Yep. All right. We'll skip Buffalo, Casey. Go to the – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Buffalo uh, loses 36 to 42 against the Chiefs in overtime. Uh, basically, what happened was Josh Allen was perfect, except he called the coin wrong. Yep, pretty much. That that was the running joke. It was uh, what could uh, jo- uh, Josh Allen have done differently? Called heads. That was pretty much it. Um, no real injuries of note for the Bills. For the Chiefs, they cut Josh Gordon, signed him to the practice squad. Uh, Daryl Williams was a full participant in practice on Wednesday after missing this game with a toe issue. Tyron Matthew had to leave the game with concussion. He did not practice on Wednesday, so he's still in protocol. So hopefully he'll be available for this weekend. Um, and that is it. So um, where do we want to start? Uh, overtime rules. What do we do with them? Keep them the same. I'm, who cares, man? I, I don't want to argue about this. I wasn't going to argue. I was just curious what your guys' thoughts were. That's all. I think that they should that it should be college, but from the 50. College, but from the 50. Okay. Um, all of a sudden, Stephen A. Smith is playing in my headphones. There he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was the, the box score for this game. We started playing uh, Stephen A. Smith. I saw Chris Long had a crazy uh, plan for overtime. Did you guys see it? Nope. It was... Um, both so the both teams start at the 45 going in opposite directions and whoever scores first wins and if you get a turnover on downs you go back to the you go back to the 50 so you have the chief so you'd have the chiefs defense and the bills offense on the field and then the chiefs offense and the bills defense and they're 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 basically taking turns running plays how about that for a solution that's very weird sure is weird (laughs) It is a solution, that's for certain. I say uh, you you put the quarter the kickers at the thirty five, shoot out, and you yep best out of five wins. That's how what I always say. What about what about how about this? You put put them at the forty five, and you put three goals in the uh, uh, goalposts, and the first one to hit all three wins. How about that? that there you go. Great. Yeah. What about the what about this? Uh, you it's the passing accuracy contest from the pro bowl yes that's that's well no 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 okay how about this it's the old mini game for madden where you have to throw it through the bronze silver and gold rings that are just floating (laughs) on the field for no reason 
I mean, it you could do that with the the like spider cam technology. We could do that. That is mm. possible. So, um, all right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't even know where to start. This game was fantastic. Uh, well, actually, it was just okay for most of the game. And yeah. then they had a whole game in the last like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, it was nasty. <laughs> yeah. Um guys, we'll we'll start here. Let's wade into the waters. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. <laughs> He's good. Eight catches, two hundred and one yards, four touchdowns. Uh there are multiple, I think, Gabe Davis truthers on this podcast. Oh, uh geez. that was just so Oh, the Twitter. Oh, Gabe Davis is a great wide receiver. We should put him. He's top two. Oh, my God. What, what the hell? Can people just not re- stop reacting over a freaking game? And, and But no, that's, I'm not asking for that because that won't be possible. Here's the, here's the thing. Gabe Davis there, is good at football. He's good at football, but here's the other thing. The discourse on Twitter, which was, let's be honest, was just like five people um, having the discourse. Um it was just a bunch of people screaming, sell Gabe Davis, and then a bunch, and then like 99% of fantasy Twitter being like, why can't we just like wait a little bit and figure this out? Yeah, exactly. And, um, exactly. That's the way it should be. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Gabe Davis will be more valuable next year than he was this year because he'll likely have a bigger role because Emmanuel Sanders probably isn't going to be back. Cole Beasley's another year older. He'll probably be the number two target there. Yeah, but he's going to transition. But is yeah, he, but that does that doesn't mean that he. I mean, I'm not going to have Gabe Davis in my top 24 next year or anything. Like I'm not oh, going to do something no. ridiculous. But like, he's a mid round guy that you can take as an upside flex play in a good offense. I mean, it, he's solid. It's that that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a wide receiver three, wide receiver four type guy who has who is up and down, and sometimes he's going to have games where he goes like one for twelve. But he's yeah. also going to have games where he's six for 130 and two touchdowns. So, you know, it, he's a good guy to have on your bench to play in good matchups. He, he's wide receiver 37. I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say somewhere between like 33 and 36, like back end wide receiver three. So, yeah. yeah. You mean he's not going to score four or five touchdowns each week? Well, no, he is, but we can't go out and say that because then we're crazy. Well, we can't say we're right. We can't say that because then uh, we'd be giving up our advantage on the rest of fantasy football uh, world. Exactly. All right. So you guys uh, ready to see? So there's all this pomp and circumstance, all this hubbub and hullabaloo. There is hubbub and hullabaloo about Gabe Davis, about all this stuff. And so. The most reactionary website on on Twitter, uh, Keep Trade Cut. He's yeah. only wide receiver 33. People are acting like he's launched up to like top 20, top 15. He's still 33 on the most reactionary website on Twitter. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, for uh, wide receiver 33 for Dynasty is probably too low. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is he hasn't. People, there's a lot of talk. But there's not a lot of, like, when rubber hits the road, there's not a lot of action. Yeah, there's smoke, but there's no fire. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. There, there's it's, just, the- it's just some, somebody cooked the burgers too long in the cast iron. He is, but he's 11 spots ahead of Allen Robinson. I mean, Allen Robinson is, he might be dead. I mean, Allen Robinson's higher than wide receiver 44. He's almost 30, and he played, like, garbage last year. Yeah, not not in, not in Dynasty he'd be pretty high. I, I'd say he's probably 45-50 in Dynasty. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not the Dynasty player, so I'll defer. But that's I wouldn't I wouldn't want him in Dynasty is what I would say. Yeah. Somebody's got to win now, boys. 
perfect rank in Dynasty of DJ Chark, wide receiver 50. Take that, Kev. All right. Um, DJ Chark's not good. Um, suction. Got him. I'm going to tell him that he got roasted. Um, all right. Uh, remember when uh, everybody was worried about Patrick Mahomes? Yeah. Do you remember when Spotrack when Spotrack posted his 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 contract <laughs> numbers really passive aggressively? Yep. Uh, <laughs> Mike, what were you saying? Oh yeah, we had big discussions about that. Is he a streamable quarterback now? That was my question. Yeah, I think he's fine now. I think he's all right. Yeah, well, he, I, he figured it out. He figured yeah. it out. You know. The answer was run a little bit more and take what the defense gives you a little bit more, and then they'll saw and then they'll creep up and then he can just go back to being nuclear moms. <laughs> yeah, nu- yeah, exactly. And um insane stat that I heard that I have to double check cuz I didn't believe it. Yeah, he led every single player in rushing this weekend. My god. 7 for 69 and a touchdown from Patrick Mahomes. Nice. Nice. Yeah, nobody taught that on the ground. Uh also I he did so many impressive things. Um the most impressive thing I saw was he threw the most submarine ass pass that I've ever seen in the NFL. Yeah, rule. he was rolling right, threw it from below his kneecaps, yeah. and threw a perfect spiral, like almost curved it around a defender, right into Tyreek Hill's hands in a spot where only he could catch it. There's not a single other man on earth that can make that throw. That's no, just to even get your arm down there is ridiculous. And then to throw a football, an oblong object that doesn't really fit in your hand very well on a perfect spiral, perfect accuracy, 15 yards down the field like that, at, that is incomprehensible talent. Yeah. I mean, let's not forget it was an incomplete pass. His, his insane pass in the Super Bowl where he was horizontal to the ground solely because it bonked off the re- the receiver's face. Yeah, Daryl Williams couldn't <laughs> locate it quick enough and it bounced yeah. off his helmet. Yeah. Like Patrick newsflash, Patrick Mahomes is good at football guys. Patrick Mahomes is we're, we're witnessing the man who will go down as the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I think so. I agree with that. Yeah. I, I think it's it's um you see him do things and you're just like never seen that before yeah. and it's like a it's like a weekly yeah. occurrence where you're like well that's new yeah he just does stuff that other people don't it's I mean Josh Allen played the best game Josh Allen's ever played in, yeah. in this game and he still wasn't as good as Patrick Holmes Josh Allen was almost perfect in this game and yeah he was good. absurd he was better than he was the last week against the Patriots when he was almost perfect yeah. It's it's out of control. So um, who's one and who's two next year, Mike? For fantasy? For fantasy. Mm-hmm. I'll let Mike answer first. Yeah. Uh, I will go with Patrick Mahomes as one and Josh Allen as two. Walker? I'll go Allen at one and Mahomes at two because in the regular season, Allen will run more. That's what I got, too. It's very close, though. They're both Yeah, two but here, here's the thing. Don't draft either of them because they're both going to go, like, in the second round. Don't do that to yourself. Don't oh, hamstring no, your one QB team. Guys, this is free advice that we get to give every year. Like, whoever's number one in a one QB, just don't draft them. That's the advice we get to give every yeah, year. Yeah, don't draft those second-tier guys that are in the, like, four to eight range who are almost as good and will go four rounds later. Yeah. Uh, the the reason why I, I picked Josh Allen – or Mahomes. Mahomes is Josh Allen has been the QB one back-to-back season. For him to do it three straight years – that's I'm mean, not that he can't by any means, but 
uh, it's pretty difficult. It would be hard. Um, who's three? Justin Herbert. Agreed. Yeah, Justin yeah. Herbert. I think we I got. Mean, I think our top fives are going to be kind of boring next year because it sounds like we got consensus on at least one, two, and three. Yeah, I mean, it, Kyler's going to be in the top five. Yeah. He runs well, so much. Yeah, he runs a lot. It's. Um, and then, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'll probably still have Lamar near there. So. I'm uh, right now. I'm trying to decide if Lamar or Burrow is going to be five for me. Yeah. That's, that's just fair. to sort of emphasize what Walker's saying, the difference between Josh Allen, um, who scored 476 points, and Matthew Stafford, who scored 412 points, is like 60 points through 18 weeks. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah, you, so, so the, number, the number one quarterback, and what was Stafford, like five? Five, yeah. Yeah, and Stafford went was going on average in like the eighth round, and Allen was going in the fourth. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, if... Any any quarterback that finishes like top eight is gonna be a very very good fantasy quarterback, and you can get those guys in the middle of the draft. So oh yeah, there's just no reason to draft a quarterback in the first four rounds. Yeah, I mean Herbert was like an eighth round pick too. Yes, Herbert was going kind of late. So. He was going like eighth, eighth, yeah, eighth or ninth. Um, yeah. So yeah, these guys are going to be great next year. Do not draft them. All right, that's the that's the takeaway. They're going to be great. Uh, do not draft them. So um, who else should we talk about? Um, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire good? I'm yeah. still not I'm still not sure. He's I mean, he's, he's a he certainly belongs in the NFL as a player with a fairly sizable role. But I'd, I don't know if he's good. I, he's fine. Mike, what do you think? Well, the the big thing about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was his receiving capability. And sure. when you don't throw him the ball, you're he's not going to be good um, or not be the ultimate running back that was selected in the first round at the mm-hmm. end of the first round. So he's got to go to an offense that likes to dump the ball off to the running back, and then you'll see a big difference. As they far like as to from, do it though, Mike, just not to him. That's the, what he's saying. It's, exactly. It's Jared very McKinnon weird. had seven targets. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't make any sense to me um, why they don't do that. But um, as far as a running runner, he's okay. He's he's probably above sort of like a Josh Jacobs, like second tier kind of running back. Um, but yeah, oh, when when you don't use him to the strengths, then what good is he? It doesn't make any sense. So. Yeah, Chiefs it, need to figure that out really quick. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Tyreek Hill, still good at football. Um, Manny Travis Sanders. Kelsey's still good at football. Travis Kelsey. Did you guys see the video where he's like, he basically called the play at the end of the game? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, so the um, he goes up to Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, and he's like, look, they're guarding the, they're guarding the, um, the sidelines. Like, just let me know. I'll just run up the seam, and you can just throw me the ball. And then um, right before the snap, you heard um, Mahomes go, do it, Kels, do it, and then hike the ball, and he just goes up. He does a little, like, he jukes at nobody. He does a little, like, uh, stick and nod, but to nobody. And um, that was the the catch that got them the, the field goal. So, um, yeah, it was uh, he, he called his own play. He's still good at football. Is he the number one tight end next year? Yeah. Kelsey? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing I'm doing it till he till he can't basically. Yeah, I I will say uh, 
Um, yeah, I, I I think I'll probably have Andrews at two. But I have Andrews at two right now in my yeah. First but yeah, I uh, I I can't take Kelsey out of that. He's I mean, again, he might end up being the the best ever as a receiving tight end. I mean, mm-hmm. the two probably the two best ever are playing are still playing, which is crazy. So I mean, uh, well, one said today if you ask him if he has to decide today, he's retiring. So Gronk. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would be pretty surprised if Grant played again. Oh yeah. He already retired once he came back for two seasons. I think he missed a lot of games this year. I I think he's about done. Yeah. Um, as a guy in his thirties with back problems, I can tell you, uh, guys in their thirties with back problems, your back does not get better. (laughs) So, (laughs) so Rob Gronkowski needs to do a lot more sitting around. That's right. It, It helps. It helps to sit around, folks. Uh, Put him back tried, on the mass Singer. He'll be good. Has he tried? <laughs> <laughs> has he tried using a foam roller, Gronk? That's my suggestion to you when you first get up. Um, uh, Gronk, start uh, start taking edibles. Oh man, before the game, do it, Gronk, please. Um, last guy I want to talk about um, on the Bills, uh, Dawson Knox. Um, he's better yeah. than. How, what what's going on with Austin Knox for next year? He feels back end, he, back end be- tight end one. Yeah, he's better than Bob Tunyon, but he feels very Tunyon-ish. Yeah, I mean he's he's a solid football player, and he's definitely still going to be a factor in an elite level offense. Um, he has a good rapport with Allen. He'll probably catch at least six or seven touchdowns minimum. Um, but he's just he's not going to have high volume. He's not really a guy that gets targeted down the field for super dynamic plays. It's mostly underneath stuff where you can run after the catch and in the red zone. So, I, yeah, I mean, he's going to be in that, like, Noah Fant area, like tight end 10 through 12 probably. I don't have Noah Fant in my top 12 for next year. Yeah, I mean. Not until I know who the quarterback is. Right, yeah, he'll He'll probably be in my preliminary top 12 whenever I do that, which probably be right after the Super Bowl, Um, but barely. Mike, what do you think? Uh, I think he'll be overly drafted. Yeah. Um, And therefore, I won't have any part of him. But, yeah, I think he'll probably end up being top seven quarterback off the board or quarterback tight end off the board. Do not. Draft Dawson Knox to play quarterback. That is a bad idea. <laughs> That's bad a really idea. bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I agree. I think football absurdity as a whole will be out on Dawson Knox next year. Not because he's bad at football, but because his hype, hype train is going to be too much for us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I could see him ending up in the, like, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson range. Yeah, I, I was going to – I was just going to ask – I was going to ask a few – a few this or that. Uh, Dawson Knox or Dallas Goddard? Dallas Goddard, easy. Yeah, yeah, Goddard. Yeah, I agree. Dawson Knox or Mike Gesicki? Mike Gesicki, easy. I'll go with Knox. I'd, I'd go with Gesicki, but that one's closer. Uh, Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz? Schultz. That's a good question. Schultz is a free agent. It depends on where he ends up. Right now, sure. I have them back-to-back. If Schultz is back with the, with the Cowboys, Schultz. If he's literally anywhere else, Knox. Yeah, he could just do an Austin Hooper. Yep. Just go get paid and disappear. Yep. Uh, Dawson Knox or Hunter Henry? Dawson Knox. Knox. Yeah, I, I agree. So that and then Dawson Knox or Noah Fan? I have Knox. Knox right now. I yeah, it, it, with the quarterback situation right now, 
in Denver, I would go Knox. Uh, if they get yeah. a good quarterback, then I would probably go Fant barely. Yeah, I have Cole Komet at 12 right now with an idea that he's Ugh. going to with the idea that he is going to get pushed out for Noah Fant when that happens, and Noah Fant's going to go uh, after Pat Fryermuth at 10. Yeah, Dawson Knox or Pat Fryermuth. Oh, Fryermuth, baby, Firemouth, number one tight end next year. You definitely got to go with Firemouth. Yeah, Fryermuth might. He, I, I'm gonna have him quite high next year. I, I, I don't know how high, but I would assume he'll be in my top eight for sure. I don't know the functional difference between Dallas Goddard, Mike Isicki, and Pat Fryermuth. They're yeah, all Pat Fryermuth is the youngest one, so he has the highest upside, I guess. I, I guess, yeah, but it's like those are all like tight end eight through ten. Like I, I feel like yeah. everybody else can just move around it, but those guys are like eight through ten. Yeah, I mean, right now I would, I would have Kelsey Andrews, Kittle. Hawkinson, uh, I guess Waller. It's tough. He, he's a weird one because his age and injuries. But yeah, um, yeah, and then uh, Pitts, and then after that, you've got yeah. I mean, I might have Fryer with seven. I mean, I wouldn't argue with it. Yeah. So, oh wait, I keep saying they're eight through ten, but I have them seven through nine. I was there just look. Yeah, I was looking at the spreadsheet. Uh, column and not the rank that I had them. So yeah, seven through nine, those guys. And, and I think it all depends too on who the quarterback for the Steelers is. If it's a uh, handsome know, James, if it, if it's, if it's, if it's handsome yeah. James, I'll take all, all the fryer moves. Yeah, I, I will too. Um, absolutely. But if it's Mason Rudolph, get him out of here. Yeah. If <laughs> it's like, if they like, it could be Mitch Trubisky. It could be Trubisky. It could be Mariota. Yeah. It could be Jameis. Because my whole thing mm. about Jameis coming back was that Sean Payton was still going to be there. Surprise! Right. Sean Payton's not going to be there. He's like, right, yeah. This and stuff, the, I'm the Steelers here. have wanted Jameis for two years. so Yeah, I, it could be Jameis. Yeah, and that would be good for Fryermuth. He would get a lot of up-the-scene targets, which would be really good for him. Mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, I, I'm not going to rule out having Fryermuth ahead of Waller in my final rankings. It's possible. Waller was weird for me. I put him and Kittle at like four and or three and four by default. But they both have significant downside. I will have Hawkinson ahead of Waller for sure. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, real quick as an aside, uh, how baller is it that Sean Payton just ran up a credit card bill uh, with the salary cap? And they're just like, I'm not, here. I'm not, I'm I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. He, he, he signed uh, Taysom Hill to that <laughs> contract. Yeah. And then he's like, no. My, my you man figured co- out. My man um, coached geez. one year without Drew Brees and was like, that's enough of that. Yeah. He's like, well, I, was it that, or was he like, man, is Kevin James really the guy to play me in my biopic? I gotta, I gotta get in shape. I, I can't be doing this thing anymore. Uh, Taysom Hill next year, by the way, uh, uh, twelve million dollar cap hit and nineteen million dead cap if they cut him. So guess who's sticking around next year? Taysom Hill, baby, for a twelve million dollar cap hit. What's that? Who thought that was a good idea? I have no idea. Sean Payton did for some reason. And now Pond, he's gone. Pawn Shayton. Pawn Shayton. Uh, enemy of the podcast, uh, Sean Payton. So uh, good riddance, Sean. Um, actually not enemy of the podcast, just enemy of the website. Because he did not shake our hands um, when we were at Saints practice, me, Waleed, and Evan. So, um, yeah, Manny Sanders should be gone. That should open up space for Gabe Davis. Uh, nothing else to talk about in this game. Uh all right, let's go on to... Oh, what about Devin Singletary? Oh, yeah, Devin Singletary. Uh, he was bad in this game. All right, what else do we want to talk about? 
Yeah. Devin Singletary is a extremely baseline average running back who will likely be the starter there next year. Um, that means he's in the running back dead zone. He's going to be a low-end RB2. Yeah, I think running back dead zone is perfect. I think he's Have a you seen his numbers when he's, the run, when he's the sole running back on the team? Have you seen that it's like a five-game sample size? Ooh, get him. I'm going. No, I mean he's he's like I mean you can go through last year, you can go through the year before when he was, and then this year. I mean he had four straight games where he was in the top twelve. The last four games he was in the top twelve. The last five games he was in the top twenty. Yeah, I well, mean, I, if I mean, you're looking at his points per production when he is the sole running back, the dude produces top I, I, one, top twelve, I, top twenty numbers. The the best I could. Best I can do is uh, right by David Montgomery, which will be in the like RB sixteen range. So, yeah, I wouldn't. I so I one thing I realized this year is that he's going to be an RB two is what yeah, I'm saying somewhere yeah. in that range. RB sixteen through twenty four is just like the wild west. Like people just do whatever <laughs> they want in that range. It's That's whoever you like. Yeah, it's just whoever you like best. I mean, yeah. it, it's your your personal feeling. I mean, like Mike, if you like Evan Singletary in that group, then go with Evan Singletary. You could easily, just as easily, be right as somebody who's like, I like Miles Sanders in that range, or uh, I like Clyde Edwards-Alaire in that range. Whatever it does, you know, it's it's just personal preference once you get to that point. Yeah. See, that's where I disagree. I don't. I, I think like Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Miles Sanders is personal preference, but Devin Singletary has proven that it's more than a personal preference. But is he going to be the lead guy is the thing because yeah I mean if he's because sharing, they keep refusing to commit to him right yeah. if they go back to the to the same Zach Moss Devin Singletary then get Devin Singletary out, out of even the top twenty four sure. but if it's him in his backfield then mm-hmm. he's going to fall in that you know dead zone range but I have a lot more faith in him sure than I do anybody else in that. Outside of Josh Jacobs, both Josh Jacobs and Devin Singletary, to me, have proven that they're uh, above. I, yeah, that dead I don't zone think Jacobs range. should be in the running back dead zone. I think Jacobs should be in like 13 to 15 range. And I agree with you. I do. But he's going to fall there just because for whatever. He's not, he's not a sexy name. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 he plays. He plays boring. And neither is Devin Singletary. So you're going to mm-hmm. see these two guys getting like, you know, picked at the very bottom. But they're they're going to prove, as they always do, um that they shouldn't be there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to be fair, like, a guy in my home league this year, his top two running backs were Josh Jacobs and David Montgomery going into the season, and he got a lot of stick for it, and turns out that was pretty good. So, yeah, yeah. I'm definitely adjusting my running back drafting next year. This man's going to go zero running back, folks. Nope, I'm going hero running back, baby. I love hero running back. <laughs> Hero running back is what I kind of that's, fell fell into, and I was yeah, like, oh, that's the way to go. Cool. It's I'm going zero RB two. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's I'm forgetting about I, I'm punting RB two and putting a pass catcher there, <laughs> and then loading receivers. There we go. All right, um, now we should talk about the AFC Championship game. What uh, about Zach Moss? No. Uh, he sucks. Get him out. <laughs> I, <laughs> that, that guy's terrible. Get him out. Get him out. Um. All right, now we talk about the AFC Championship game. Mike, shut up. Cincinnati goes to Kansas City. Uh, it's 54-point over-under. Um, I will say the highest over-under the weekend because there are two games. Uh, Casey, seven-point favorites, though. Um, already went over the injuries with this one. So, Mike, let's um, 
Let's start with your question about Joe Mixon. That was Walker. Uh, That's you. That's you, Mike. Can Joe Mixon keep the Chiefs offense off the field? Oh, geez, a live game. Never mind. Scroll down, Mike. Uh, Reset. Get it together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm, I'm very, very curious because I think the only way that Cincinnati can control that Chiefs offense, that juggernaut of an offense, is to run the clock. And who are you going to run the ball with? Well, it's not going to be Sam J.P. Ryan. It's going to be Joe Mixon. And can Joe Mixon be good enough to sort of slow down that juggernaut offense of the Chiefs? Uh, interesting fact, I was looking looking at splits between home and away as far as fantasy points go, and take it as you – it's not like gold here. But Joe Mixon is – much better at home than he is on the road. And guess where they're going to be playing? They're going to Arrowhead. Be in Arrowhead. Hey, so hey, what hey was Jeff, it? do you what, want it? What's it called? Jeff, Beat a field or whatever? Fiha? What yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, um, so with reading Mike's question, can Joe Mixon keep the Chiefs offense off the field? Do you want to see, you want to say the answer at the same time? Three, uh, two, one. No, no next, next question. question. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the type of back that Joe Mixon is. He's not a, right. he's not a, a he's, he's a, a four, yeah, he's a four yards per carry guy. Cause he goes like two yards, two yards, eight yards, not right, four exactly. yards, four yards, four yards. He's not the type of back that keeps guys off the field. Like right. that's not what he does. So honestly, no, he's, a big, he's a patient, big play runner, which is not, it, he, he's not your uh, four and a half yards, fall forward, one cut. You know, he sits around and he waits for the hole and then he bursts mm-hmm. through it. And it's right. Uh, Casey's run defense is actually pretty good. Um, it, it's I, I don't see I don't see this happening. And I agree, Mike. I think I think that Cincinnati would be much better served if they could do this. But I just don't think that Kansas City is going to allow it. It sounds weird, but it would be better if they had a worse running back like Damian Harris or something. Who could just Devontae put his, Booker is the perfect guy for this. Just put his head down and get four yards and yep. that's it. Um, honestly, I think Mike, uh, the person, the the guys who will keep the Chiefs off the field will be CJ Uzoma and Tyler Boyd on shorter routes. I think that's yeah. what they're going to do instead. Um, just nice easy dump off passes for uh, Joe Burrow. Really get that like you know that like uh, West Coast offense. Like hey, five yards is five yards, buddy. However you get it. Um, that is if Zach Taylor is a good coach, which he's not, is up in the air. We'll say I'll put it as as gently as possible. It's up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's the Snopes. The Snopes uh, meter says mixed. Yeah, mixed reviews. <laughs> mixed reviews. Um, so yeah, Mike. I think I think if Joe Mixon was a different running back, this would be the game plan that they employ. But he's not the running back that does this. So I think, no, I don't think Joe Mixon can keep the Chiefs off the field. I think this is going to the the Bengals are probably going to say, we'll we're going to do our best to stop uh, Patrick Mahomes. But we are ready to go shot for shot with him. And I think, honestly, if Tyron Matthews is available, I think that changes a lot about their game plan. I, you know, I whether or not why Joe Mixon is not the running back for this, because he's he's a walker. He's, a, he's more of a big play. He's more of a big yeah. play guy. He's not a grinder. Yeah, he's not the type of guy where you can give it to him like, um, you know, like, like when like when Joe Mixon is successful, he's popping like long touchdown runs, which means the Chiefs offense is immediately back on the field against a tired Bengals defense. Exactly. 
Like he's not like um like uh Adrian Peterson with Washington football team a couple years ago where they would just wind him up and give him like eight carries in a drive and each mm-hmm. one's between three and five three and five yards and he would just march down the field. Like that's not what Joe Mixon does. Like Joe Mixon could easily get like zero yards, zero yards, and then a sixty yard touchdown. And that's that doesn't keep the Chiefs off the field, like Walker said. Okay. Yeah, because he's he's a home run hitter. That's what he. No, it's a fair question. Yeah. Yeah, and and I appreciate. I mean, I was able to go into more detail, and I think that's valuable information. So. Yeah, like I said, it's if they had a worse running, it doesn't make sense. But they had a worse (laughs) running back, they could employ this. Right. I I think. I I don't think Josh Jacobs. If they had Josh Jacobs, I don't know. a worse running back though. No, I totally hear what you guys are saying. To me, maybe I need to watch more of him, but. Um, to me, he is more of a grinder. So I get what you guys are saying. Someone that can just, you know, chew up the yards and, sure. you know, go back, go back to instead of like, like Walker is saying, if a guy busts a 70 yard touchdown play, then the offense is back on the field. You don't want the offense. You don't want to see the offense. You want to grind it down. And, Jeff, are you laughing at if a guy busts? Yes. <laughs> sorry sorry mike i'm very tired oh, it's cool. <laughs> um no it's cool it's fine um but hold on mike if you guys give me a second i don't um, know how to how to tell that um no it, it's breaks i guess but like yeah i know it's <laughs> i didn't even recognize it until after jeff started laughing and i was like oh right no sorry it was it was it's just because i'm very tired um let's see hold on so um, there was a study done a few years ago that I helped the guy edit, um, about 20% of runs go for zero yards or fewer. And I use that as a baseline for like decent run production. Uh-huh. And it looks like Joe Mixon had about 25% of his runs go for zero yards or fewer. So slightly above average, um, because it looks like this year he had, um, I'm just pulling this from pro football reference, uh, data, uh, looks like he had uh, 293 runs with 43 of them going for zero yards or fewer. So two nine, oh, 40, 40. That's like 15 percent. Oh, yeah, you're right. I my my math is wrong. So um, but here's the thing. Um, he had a ton go for between one and three yards, which yeah, should be I mean, about which should be about 15 percent. But his looking at this is about. He had about 75 yards go or 75 plays go for that. So that's Jeez. really not what you want. But he also had a way above average, like 10 plus run, yard run rate, too. So, right. That's what then that's why his guards per carry evens out to like fine. Like he had what, 4.1. Yeah. yeah. It's why it's really easy to make fun of Joe Mixon fans, because he'll have games where he just won't bust the long one. And I right. bust on, perp- on purpose. Right. There, <laughs> he, he, yeah, he so, yeah. He'll have those 19 for 63 games. Yeah. And then and then he'll have like a the game where he has like game. yeah with like four 15 yard runs in there. Right, he'll have a 19 for 63 game, and then the next week he'll have 17 of his carries go for 55, but then he has two that go for also 55. And then the Joe Mixon triggers like 19 for 110. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's just it's not the type of running back that he is. He's the home okay. run hitter. I yeah. yeah, I definitely need to look at him more because. That was not who I thought he was. So he isn't who we thought he was. <laughs> and we didn't let him off the hook. And we kept him <laughs> on the hook. Yeah, we kept him. All right, uh, let's talk more about the Bengals. Uh, Walker, you want to know if they can keep Joe Burrow upright consistently? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I don't. Can't. 
I don't think they can, but I also think that Joe Burrow is fine with it. Like he, no, doesn't, I, he doesn't like it, but he was the best quarterback in the league under when he was under pressure. Yeah, I mean, he's certainly used to it, and I think that he has learned how to adapt into a quarterback who excels when pressure is coming at him. But as good as Joe Burrow is under pressure, he's still better when he isn't under pressure. So most uh, people are <laughs> right, exactly. Um, I like, yeah, you're right. I don't think Burrow necessarily minds too much, especially you know not nearly as much as most quarterbacks that he's gonna get hit, he's gonna be under pressure, he's gonna have to make throws with dudes bearing down on him in his face. It's he knows that's how it's gonna be, and he has the confidence to stand in there and take the hit and deliver the ball accurately. Um, I just think that they're going to have to not allow Burrow to get sacked five, six times and take them out of drives because those sacks last week were what was stalling their drives and forcing McPherson to have to kick all those field goals. You can't compete with Kansas City on field goals. It's not going to work out. You have to score those touchdowns. You have to pay off. Every time you get in the red zone, you got to pay it off with a touchdown. And if that offensive line can't do, can't do even a little better, uh, then their drives are going to keep stalling out. McPherson's going to have to kick five field goals, and the Chiefs are going to win 35-22. to 22. So uh, I think the Bengals' O-line will do a better job. I think they'll probably use more Drew Sample as maybe like a chip on the outside on guys like Frank Clark and Melvin Ingram. But I don't see them being able to turn it around enough to allow – the Bengals offense to truly reach its like, I guess, final form and go super Saiyan like they need to, to win this game. Yeah. And I mean, the, the chiefs pressured quarterbacks at the sixth highest rate. So there's going to be dudes in his face like that. And their third highest hurry rate. So they're going to have to, uh, really get Joe, uh, Joe Burrow, some, um, some dump offs, you know, some, some hot routes, to yeah. to really make this work. And that's, again, why I think C.J. Ozoma, Tyler Boyd um, are guys who could have a good weekend um, this weekend uh, because because of that. So, uh, Mike, what Ryan. Samaj P. Ryan, get Joe Mixon off the field. Mike, what are you what are your thoughts on uh, this Joe Burrow? Uh, can he stay upright situation? Uh, well, he's not going to. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be on his butt. Boom. He's going to be on his butt. Um, and. That's just the way he's just going to have to get used to it. Uh, luckily, yeah, got, get used to it, Joe Burrow. Got Yeah, got hit multiple times last week and hit the ground multiple times. It's going to be a repeat situation. It's going to be more a mental fortitude for him. And uh, as we saw in the beginning of, of this year and halfway through, he, it was he was struggling um, because of that blown out ECL. But he he fixed it. He got stronger mentally. He got used to the field again got used to the hits and became a lot better down the stretch. If you look at his first 12 weeks, they weren't really all that great. He was a QB 12 to 14, but then about week 13 on, he really put together the show that Joe Burrow, the reason why he was a quarterback one off the board, that's going to happen again. Can he say, okay, yeah, I was slaughtered last week. I hit the ground multiple times. But that's not going to phase me. If if it does phase him, then the Bengals are going to be in big trouble. Yeah, I mean, he I I think he kind of uh, leveled up to uh, to um, not say it the dumbest way possible, but I think he kind of leveled up. Um, you know, he he what 
the last few weeks of the year, they opened it up to him. They kind of set Joe Mixon aside and said, Joe, we're going to go as far as Joe Burrow takes us. And, you know, he can take the hits now. And um, honestly, I don't even know if he needs to do the hard work because um, the Chiefs are the worst yak team in the league on defense. And the Bengals are the second best yak team um, on offense. So it might be a situation where they're just scheming up short stuff so Joe Burrow can just get the ball out of his hands and then let Jamar Chase and, and uh, you know, the guys that I mentioned do the hard part. So, I mean, but, yeah, I think Joe Burrow, he's leveled up. You know, he's – I don't think a 35-year-old uh, man should be using this word, but he's pretty swaggy right now. Uh, <laughs> swaggy Joe, as they call him. Um, you know, he's he's doing it. And, um yeah, I, th- I think that well, they, call, uh, they call Nick Young Swaggy P. I mean, Joe Burrow Swaggy B. Swaggy B. There you go. Yeah. Uh, he also will uh, cheat on Iggy Azalea. Apparently, that's what uh, that's what Joe Burrow will do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so I know what uh, you're talking about. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you just did the I understood that reference. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I think. I don't think they'll be able to, but I think it'll be okay that they don't. So um, I want to talk about my question. Can you even stop Patrick Mahomes right now? Is he even, is, is he even stoppable right now? Cause no, the bills, really. the, the bills struggled down the stretch, but they had a pretty good defense for a lot of the year. They're not, they weren't a tomato can and he just ripped them to shreds. Like we were saying earlier about Patrick Mahomes, like, there's a play every week or every other week where you're like, all right, I've literally never seen anybody do that before. And it's it's a regular yeah. occurrence for him. Yeah, I mean, I I was literally like yelling in my living room about that sidearm throw for like three minutes. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I mean, the Bills were the best defense in the league by DVOA going into that game. And Mahomes did everything he wanted to do. It, I no, I, I don't think that he's stoppable. Can you slow him down with scheme? Yeah, to a degree, but he's going to be really good because he's an amazing football player. I mean, I so I I don't think Cincinnati can stop him to the extent they need to. No. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that because Cincinnati's not – I mean, they're not a bad defensive they're, they're, team. They're an they're above not, average defense. Yeah, they're not transcendent. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, that's why, why my question, even though it was wrongly phrased, um, <laughs> it, that was the whole essence of my question was, how can you slow down Patrick Mahomes on offense? And because that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to eat up a lot of clock because that defense is going to get slaughtered. Um, so they're going to have to try to get some turnovers, and that's how they they're going to switch the level of the field. But if they don't get the turnovers, if they don't win that turnover uh, battle, this is going to be an ugly game. I mean, yeah, this, this game I could see, I don't see a Cincinnati blowout, but I do see either a chiefs blowout or a high scoring back and forth. I don't see the, the Bengals really keeping the chiefs down um, because they, like we said, they they don't really have the personnel to keep the chiefs off the field. Um but uh, who do we think wins this one? Unless there's there anything else you guys wanted to talk about with this game? CEH, uh, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. I mean, no, I think we we covered everything basically. 
All right, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we know who those guys are. Um, they are who we thought they were. Exactly. So yeah. they're either going to do it or they won't. I mean, Travis Kelsey and, and Hill have been up and down all season. Yeah. Kelsey's been sort of plateaued uh, a little bit. I mean, in a good way. But Hill, I just don't think you can count on on a weekly basis in, no. in this, these matchups. So, yeah, I, I think um, with that, uh, I have the Chiefs winning this game. The Chiefs? Yep. Same. Yeah, me too. My my heart wants it to be the Bengals, but my, my head tells me it's going to be the Chiefs. I want it, so bad for it to be a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, Bengals. And I'd like it to go like the other Bengals 49ers Super Bowls. How about that? Okay. I just really, guys, I just want Jackson Mahomes and uh, Brittany Mahomes to be happy. That's all I want. Is <laughs> <laughs> this happiness? Right, I yeah. just want them to be happy. Those two suffer so much for mm. being scourges on on the United States. They uh, they suffer so much. Um, so yeah, uh, Chiefs across the board um, on this one. And uh, all right, all right, let's talk about it, boys. Uh, Niners, Packers. This game sucked. We don't have to talk about this one a lot because it was very not indicative of what these teams are because, well, one, the Niners won, and two, uh, <laughs> it was a snow game. Um, so really quick, yeah, Niners won this one 10 to 13, a score that will be burned into my memory because it was a very stupid 10 to 13 victory. Um, injuries in this one uh, for the Packers, um, Aaron Rodgers has diarrhea of the mouth. Um, this guy can't stop saying stuff. He can't. This guy loves to talk. He can't stop saying things. Um, uh, AJ Dillon has a fractured rib, but nothing. You know, if he if his rib doesn't heal by next season, we got problems. Um, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers might be gone, uh, but for the Niners, uh, injuries. Jeff Wilson left the game with a low ankle sprain. He I, played. Uh, yeah. He he was he was um he played like three snaps. Gotcha. Yeah, he's right now. He's basically like a super backup for like Usechek and Elijah Mitchell. Like he's Fair. he he doesn't play a lot. Um, low ankle sprain. He should be all right. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's shoulder was removed from the injury report. His thumb is still on there. Elijah Mitchell didn't practice with a knee issue, but he's just uh, it's uh, our favorite phrase on this podcast: load management, folks. Hmm. Uh, Trent Williams did not practice on load Wednesday. management on a daily basis. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's the second uh, time Mike has said that joke. <laughs> Trent Williams uh, didn't practice on Wednesday, but um, he is expected to play. He played through the injury. Um, Mohamedson. What about Debo? Is Debo okay? Debo, I'm not seeing anything. Uh, he, it's The last report was he is expected to practice on Wednesday, so he should be all right. They're expecting him to play. So. Okay. Um, and uh, most importantly, Mohamed Sanu is off of IR. So. Ah. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's where it's at right yeah, there. Muhammad, Muhammad's a new one for eight incoming. That's right. He's taking that Trent Sherfield role. <laughs> He's coming for it. Ro- um, what role? <laughs> exactly. Um, the Josh Norman role. Uh, Josh Norman gave up zero, <laughs> like two zero passes. Two snaps, baby. The be- that's the best development for the 49ers is Josh Norman getting screwed to the bench. Because uh, that he's bad, folks. He's not very good. He isn't good. He's not good. Um. So let's talk about the Packers first. Um, is Aaron Rodgers back next year? No. Hell no. All right. Where is Aaron Rodgers? Denver. Agreed. Indianapolis. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Mike was going to say that. <laughs> well, uh, I'm. I don't know what's their cap like. Pittsburgh might be an option. 
uh, I, I, they'll they'll make overtures, but yeah, yeah. I, I I think Denver makes the most sense. Denver does make the most sense, but oh, you know what? Actually, no, not Pittsburgh because their line is terrible, and Aaron Rodgers is not gonna if he gets his choice of destination, he's not gonna go to that offensive line. Yeah, and he will get his choice. I mean, like the only other team I could see is if Brady retires, Tampa deciding we're gonna mortgage everything. For and go two get more years of relevance. It's possible. Oh, man. I would definitely well, hate that. If he does play behind the Pittsburgh offensive line and he gets sacked a lot, then that will give him more reasons to show his feet. So that is... <laughs> <laughs> Mike's just in it for the feet picks now. He's got to show feet. Show feet. Post feet, sweetie. <laughs> um, Devontae Adams, is he getting tagged or is he getting a contract? What do you guys think? He's getting tagged. I think so, too. And he might refuse if Rodgers is gone. He'll refuse to play. Oh, God. He might. Well, the, you know the Colts can afford them both. <laughs> what uh, are they trading? They're not trading anything. They got contract every, every pick. <laughs> every pick. They don't need picks. They just trade first rounders for whatever they need that year. Yeah, they. They are talking Rams. We talking Rams, buddy. The Colts are doing the same thing. They're just not in the play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Uh, it worked out well with uh, DeForest Buckner, but we won't talk about the other the other trade. Yeah, swing and miss. Swing and a miss. All right. Um, and so if Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are gone, how far down does that drive Aaron Jones next year? A guy who's probably splitting with A.J. Dillon. Uh, let's just say I won't have any. Yeah, that's my thought, too. Mike? Yeah, he's fallen. I mean, he this year... He like it was on the top rung of the uh, of the staircase and slipped on a banana peel. Next year he's just going <laughs> to continue to fall down this down the staircase. So yeah, I'm gonna... I got hit by the Mario Kart banana peel. And I was going to get hit by the Mario Kart blue shell. He's, yeah, he's, he's doing he's the, the Homer falling down the gorge of ranks. <laughs> Ooh, uh, ow. Uh, yeah. Uh, who's the wide receiver one next year if it's not Devontae Adams? Uh, Jeff Janis. No, that's baby. He's going wherever Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is going to Denver, and he's like, "Get Jerry Judy out of here. Get Cortland Sutton out of here. Get Tim Patrick out of here. I need Jeff Janis, Jared Aberderis, Reggie Bagleton, Jake Kumaro, Alan Lazard. I need all my boys." Right. Uh, I I think he's not on the roster. Um, I don't I don't think Alan Lazard, Mar- uh, Randall Cobb, or Marcus Valdez Scantling are. Oh, um, they're probably all gone. Yep. I think yeah, I, I I would guess that uh, their number one receiver is yeah just some dude, Michael some, Gallup. I don't know. Ugh, Michael Gallup. I mean, it's possible. Uh, we got we got freaking Mitchell Trubisky thrown to Michael Gallup next year because it ain't gonna be Jordan Love. Oh, it <laughs> might be Jordan Love. Ugh, he's not good. Oh, I don't he's know bad. That's why they drafted him. He bad. He bad. Well, how great would it be if like Aaron Rodgers leaves and they use like all their draft capital and offensive weapons? And he's like, oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so funny. They draft yeah. they draft Garrett Wilson and and then they trade back up to get like uh, Jamison Williams because he falls because of his injury. Yeah, and they're just like, and Aaron Rodgers is just like, come, come on. on. And they and they haven't traded Aaron Rodgers yet, and they're like, uh? uh? and then they trade him. Yeah. Um, uh, all right. Uh, anything else with the Packers? AJ Dillon, uh, top five He's next fine. year? <laughs> top three? Top. Top one? Top 30. Who's better, AJ Dillon or Derrick Henry? <laughs> That's Shut a tough up, one. Joe. 
Who's better, AJ Dillon or Jonathan Taylor? That's another tough one. <laughs> this is a great bit. I love doing bits, folks. Um, <laughs> Shut up. Uh, no, things are gonna, things are gonna be dire for the Packers next year. Um, if they can't keep Rodgers, right. they can't, can't keep Devonte Adams. You're looking at like a four and thirteen team. That's right. Lions better. Lions better. I honestly, yeah. Lions gonna win the division next year. Uh, They'll be six and six and twelve and win the division. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Go six and six and eleven win the division and then beat get, the 49ers in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yes. Not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. Um, which which division winner is gonna have fewer wins next year? The NFC North or the NFC South? Uh. Oh yeah, if Brady, if, if Rodgers and Brady are both gone, and and Sean Payton's gone, probably the North. I still, I, I somebody in the South will win nine games. I don't know if anybody in the North will win nine games next year. I think the Vikings will win nine or ten games. I don't think so. They're like the like nine win team now. Kirk Cousins is probably gonna be gone. You think so? Yeah, I don't think new. I don't think that the new GM and coach are gonna want to be saddled with Cousins for three more years. Is Jordan Love going to be the second-best quarterback, quarterback in the NFC North next year? No, Jared Goff is. Good God. That's fine. I hate that division. So Yeah, because the, the Bears are going to hire Dan Quinn, it looks like, which is a, just a useless thing to do. Why uh, would you do that? I don't know. I, I Because they had Matt Nagy, so they want the opposite because they're extremely reductive in the way they look at football. Um, the Vikings, I literally have no idea who they're going to hire, so... I don't know. Um, the only, literally the only person I've heard connected to them is Lane Kiffin. So, which isn't happening. So I don't. I have no idea what's going on there. But they're Did not good. Their defense yeah. is old as hell. Um, their offense was good this year, and they still went seven and ten. So who cares? Yeah. Did you see Lane Kiffin doing some A plus trolling on Twitter yesterday? What do you do? Uh, right when Sean Payton was during his press conference, he was in like a a he was on a plane that was flying. I don't know into or past New Orleans. But he posted a picture of his flight plan, and the plane was pointing towards New Orleans, and he just posted eye emojis. I love I love Lane Kiffin on Twitter. He does that all the time. Yeah, he's so and then, good. And then he posted a picture of a of a sign in somebody's window that said like "Houdat Nation" <laughs> of a Saints thing, and he did the eyes emoji again. It's really just, funny. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, God, the NFC North and South are gonna be nightmares next year. Joining the NFC East. Um, one NFC good division. The only good division in the NFC. That's right. Um, they're going to send four teams to the playoffs next year somehow. Um, all right. Uh, that's enough about the Packers. The Niners. I don't. There's. I don't think there's anything really worth talking about for the Niners in this game because it was a snow game that they won with zero points. It was an incredibly stupid game. Yes. It was it was dumb. The Niners. I, I will say it. The Niners did not deserve to win this game. Oh hell no! I kept wondering why is Packers not up like thirty five points by now. Well, they yeah. went three and out on seven out of eight drives after they scored on the first one. That's why. Yeah, I mean, that, that, especially when you have one of the a Hall of Fame quarterback in Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, and you have one of the worst defensive backs uh, situation in the 49ers and all you can do is score seven points yeah there's some fundamentally things going wrong there it's because i mean do you have the box score up mike 
I can get it up. Uh, you don't yeah. have to. Let, let me just let me let me just do this. Uh, Aaron Jones, ten targets. Devonte Adams, eleven targets. Dominique Daphne, two targets. Uh, everybody else tied with one target. It was basically Aaron Jones and Devonte Adams. The 49ers were like, these guys are gonna run wild, I guess, and and it just wasn't enough. So, um, I mean, it was an incredibly stupid game. The Niners won because they blocked a field goal and a punt. That is why they won. That's so, correct. Incredibly. And they have a good uh, field goal kicker. Which they, they have a good, good quarterback. That's what you were going to say. He has a good quarterback. <laughs> they have I don't remember a, the last they have time a quarterback. had a bad kicker. What would you say, Mike? I don't remember the last time the Fortnite's have had a bad kicker. Uh, Even back to Ray Worsing days. They had, what was his name? Oh, my God. What was his name? He was terrible. 2002 or 2003. Uh, hold on. I, I got to pull... tell you that. Come on, Walker. You don't know the 49ers kicker from 17 years ago. Is it John Carney? No. Uh, Saints kicker. It was Jose Cortez. Absolutely terrible. Oh, I remember no. him. I mean, honestly, that's been the Lions for a long time, other than the half a season where we had Nate Freeze and Alex Henry, which was just disgusting and then we traded for or we uh we signed matt prater after he drank his way out of denver <laughs> and prater pretty good yeah um, hansen to prater to uh now patterson who's pretty good too yeah david acres uh was pretty good um and then he wasn't like he just fell Lions legend david acres yeah phil dawson was decent um and then yeah and then that went straight into robbie gould but the best kicker my fa- my mother and father-in-law's neighbor, Joe Nedney. So Nedney. Yeah. Nedney, he, uh, Nedney went to my rival high school when I was going to high school. I yeah, watched well, that kid kick. Yeah, well, he's friends with my father-in-law, so take that. Well, well, <laughs> my school's better than your father-in-law. Excuse me. How dare you? Um, all right. Uh, that's enough of that. Let's talk about Rams Bucks. Uh, okay. A game that uh, if you just look at the final score, you're like, hey, that was a pretty good game. It wasn't. Nope. Oh, that was the one of the worst games. Nope. Oh, my God, that was horrible. It the, was, Rams play, the Rams played really good for a half, and then yeah, the makers fumbled right at the end of the first half, and that was an omen, my friends. Yes. Uh, it was, it was because so, then everyone on the Rams offense conspired to sabotage Matthew Stafford. Yeah, it was the first half, it was 20 to 3 Rams. The second half, it was 24 to 10 Buccaneers. Like, it was not a good game. It was two, like, blowout halves. Yep. It was two very boring halves. So yeah, um, it was the the second half was just an an extremely long drawn out exercise of we know exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Somehow, some way, Brady's going to devil magic his way back into this game. He didn't even do anything good either. He wasn't no, good this game. He was bad too. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, he bled, guys. And yeah, he can, did. He got the blood. Yeah, and he said nobody makes me bleed my own blood, and then he got walloped. Um, and then, yeah, it, it was fun for like 29 minutes of the first half and then not fun for the next 30 minutes. And then the last minute of the game was good. Yeah, this this was not yeah. a good game. This was a very boring game. Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean, from well, I, I, take that, I take that back uh, when the Rams were up 20 to three and uh, everybody could count out touchdown Tom. That was very fun. And then the second half when he's we we're like, oh, God, is he going to do it? That was butt puckering. But then, yeah. Ultimately, the result was fine. Yes. Um, so Tampa Bay next year, they're probably not going to have Gronk. They're probably not going to have Brady. 
I wouldn't say probably not going to have Brady. I, I, I don't think anybody has any idea on that. I think Brady returns, actually. You think he does? Yeah, I do. I have no idea, and I'm not going to – I I don't have any information. Nobody has any information right now, so I, I can't say. Did you know that Tom Brady has a podcast? Yeah. Yeah. It's Isn't it called, like, Let's Go or something Let's like Let's Go, that? yeah. It's called Let's Go Brandon, the podcast, because right, he, yeah. he's MAGA, folks. Right, that's that's true. Yeah, it is. Um, he hosted with Kyle Rittenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the Outkick the Coverage Network. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, a subsidiary of Fox News. Um, if Tom Brady's back next year, um, do you think they run it back? Like, do they do they go out and give Chris Godwin like a one year like? above market deal to yes. have him back and then just one last last dance because that worked yeah. out well for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, yes, that'll that'll be what they do and they'll be worse because they'll get another year older and you know, it they'll they'll go from thirteen and four probably to like eleven and six and they'll still win the division, but they'll probably win zero or one playoff games again and then and then Brady retires, I guess. Mike, what do you think? That makes sense. Yeah, I, I think he he's I'm pretty I'm pretty calm. I mean, I'm not if I had to make a decision. Yes, he he returns. I'm pretty confident he does, because this game was pretty embarrassing for him. And I don't think he wants to be embarrassed and retire. So he'll come back and they'll they'll do exactly what you guys are talking about. Come in, probably make the playoffs and then exit. And then he'll be, he's going to be like, well, that's two straight years. Um, I, I don't really want to play for another team. So I'm packing it up. I think he's done. I think he's done. He had the whole Hey geography this season. He, you know, the stupid, what is it called? Man in the arena. Yes. Like he was already doing like victory lap TV series while he was playing. I, I don't think the playoffs went the way that he wanted to, but I also don't think he wants to have a Peyton Manning last year where he's just a nightmare. Mike, sorry. He's not going to be. He's still solid. But I think that he's so legacy driven, like he's got nothing left to prove. And for him to go out without that terrible last year, because he only had like four or five bad games this year. That's that's what it ultimately came down to. Um, I think he's just like, you know what? I'm I'm done. Um I, I think he's done. I think that 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 this is this is it for Tom Brady. Um, you know, he's got what eight, seven rings, eight rings, ten rings, twelve, thirteen. How many rings does he have? A lot. One hundred uh, seven. Seven. Seven rings. He's got he's got seven rings. He's got nothing. He's got nothing left to prove. Um, eight, seven was, rings, like the, year, uh, right? like the um, like the Ariana Grande song. Seven uh, barbecue grills. What? So she got the tattoo of seven rings, but she got the um, script wrong, and it says seven barbecue girls in Japanese. How would I know that, Jeff? Because it was a thing on Twitter. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Mike Evans next year. Um, what are we thinking with Mike Evans? Um, is he quarterback proof? No. He, not quite. I mean, he's... The thing is that, like, while Evans hasn't always played with good quarterbacks, he's always played with quarterbacks who are good at launching the ball up in his general mm-hmm. direction and letting him go get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's somebody who can toss it, if it's not Brady, but it's still somebody who can toss the ball down the field, then, yeah, he'll be fine. But if it's 
some like dink and dunk game manager? Absolutely not. Like if Kyle Trask is the quarterback next year, no, Mike Evans is not going to be very good. Guys, hear me out. What if the Buccaneers get Jameis James Winston? Winston. <laughs> hear me out, guys. Bring him back. <laughs> We're running it back. Uh, poor Mike Evans, who people thought for a long time Mike Evans wasn't good because he didn't get like any yak, and it was because he was constantly like pulling worm burners off the ground from from Jameis or like laying out for balls. So um, I'm sure he would be very excited to have Jameis Winston come back. Um, but if he gets a thousand and ten next year, he is entering territory that literally only Hall of Famers have been in. So um, very interesting case for Mike Evans for the Hall if he gets a um, thousand yards, ten touchdowns next year because it'll be his fifth year doing that and everybody else with at least five years is uh in the hall so do you, uh, do you think he'll he'll if he makes a hall of fame he'll give his bust away to someone in the crowd <laughs> no tom brady will show up to the to the uh the ceremony and grab it and then give it away to somebody give it away yeah be like payback's a bitch bro <laughs> take that yeah, no, um, very interesting uh, next year for the Buccaneers. I think there's a lot up in the air in the NFL this offseason. I think it's a very interesting offseason for that because it's not a lot of moves, but it's a lot of very impactful moves with like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and then the Sean Payton situation. So uh, a lot up in the air for the NFC. So um, let's talk about the Rams. Um, do you have... How much did Matthew Stafford black out when he spiked to that football? My man was going crazy. <laughs> yeah, he was nuts. Uh, that he, was so fun. He's, uh, he, I mean, I, he finally got the actual, like the actual real opportunity to prove people wrong. And he did it. I mean, I, I can't imagine how cathartic that was for the guy who's been told by, I mean, I know he's not on social media, but I mean, obviously his wife is, Yeah, she's insane. And Everybody, you know, it's not like he doesn't media any day of the week. It's not it's not like he's it's not like he doesn't hear this stuff from the media, too. So it's like, you know, he's 10, 10 years. He's been told that he's not good enough, that he's not the guy that he can't get it done. And he finally actually had a competent team around him, even though they didn't play like it. Uh, And has had a chance to show like, yeah, when the organization around me isn't absolute like bonkers bad. I can do this. And he has, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I, I'm sure it was very cathartic for him. Um, he played really well. Yale played the goat. Um, it, it wasn't even a contest. He's been largely outstanding all season. I mean, there's not really much more you could say about Matthew Stafford. I mean, the dude's an incredibly good football player. He has been his whole career and, Pretty much everybody except Ben Baldwin has finally realized that. Oh, but you see, Walker, if uh, the who is it, CD3, who was on Cooper Cup, if he hadn't fall, if Carlton Davis hadn't fallen down, then who knows what would have happened. Never mind that Carlton Davis fell down because Cooper Cup absolutely cooked him. Did you see the tweet that I'm talking about? No, I, oh. I, 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 no, I, I, Ben Baldwin has me blocked on Twitter because oh. I questioned him too many times and he doesn't like answering questions yeah. about his methodology. He had an absolutely stupid tweet that was like, uh, you know, Matthew Stafford doesn't have a chance to throw the, you know, the ball to spike it if Cooper Cup isn't wide open on this play. And Carl Cooper Cup was not wide open. No, the play before. Uh, oh, he was yeah. wide open because he absolutely cooked Carlton Davis. Yeah, he toasted the hell out of Carlton Davis, who is the, yeah. maybe the most overrated player in football. It was just like, and and I 
I'm surprised I didn't get blocked because I responded, damn, I guess we'll never know why he fell down. Because it was uh, Cooper Cup absolutely snatched at his ankles. Like he put. Yeah, him yeah. He, he, he took his soul on that route for sure. Yeah. And then, Which, I mean, the second best throw of the weekend behind that insane Mahomes throw was the last throw of the game from Stafford. Because to be able to recognize cover zero that quickly, take the secondary deep ball and a dagger concept, throw it off your back foot. 45 yards in the air, perfect touch right into your receiver's breadbasket when he's single covered really well. I, that's that's some stuff that like three people in the world can do. I mean, it, absolutely incredible throw. He came up clutch when he needed to. Like he did a ton with the Lions. Um, that's what makes this guy fun to watch. Yeah, uh, Mike, what are your thoughts on Maddie Maddie snapbacks? Yeah, I'm. I agree. I think he's one of them. Those quarterbacks, just because he was on a bad team, means that he's a bad player. And it's just a, another misconception of people who don't understand what the pros and cons and how you win and how you lose and what are traits of that particular position and how those those uh, athletes fulfill those traits. And until people learn what what those is and why they are, then you're going to have takes like. Matthew Stafford's a bad quarterback. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's the it's the anti Jimmy G. <laughs> you know, the the team uh, uh, really held Matthew Stafford down for a long time. Uh, what did you did you call them a what did you call them Walker a, a something show? I forget. It's what? not. You said something about um, the Lions being an, a, a very bad franchise earlier in this podcast, and I can't remember the exact phrase you used, but um, uh, I I think I just earlier I said that they were like bonkers bad. Bonkers bad. That's what it was. So, um, all right, uh, let's talk about Cam Akers. Cam Akers came back miraculously from this Achilles injury, but he's come up against in his three games, two of them against very good run defenses and the Niners and the Buccaneers, and he's going to face the Niners again. Um, did Cam Akers come back too soon? Do you guys think, or do you think it's a situation where um, he's just facing really good run defenses? So he's looked pretty bad because he's like, it's that. Yeah. Cause 24 for 48 this week, then 17 for 55 against the Cardinals, which is not great. But it's not horrible. And then five for three against the Niners. I, I agree with you, Walker. I think that Cam Akers coming back will do good for people who want to go get Cam Akers next year. Yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's been inefficient because, I mean, he hasn't played in a long time. And he's still getting back into the NFL speed. And uh, because, like, against the Buccaneers, it's because the Buccaneers have the best run defense in the league. Like, I mean, it's... And they were fully healthy on defense for the first time all season. So it yeah. was it was always going to be really, really hard for the Rams to be able to run the ball, especially because they got in a situation in the second half where the Bucks knew they were going to run the ball to try to bleed the clock. And so they just geared up to stop it, and they did. I mean, it, I don't know what running back could have done much against that defensive front in that situation. It's just it wasn't going to happen. And um, I thought he looked fine. I mean, he certainly wasn't amazing, but – you know, he's made a few nice plays in these playoffs where it's like, yeah, that's the Cam Akers I remember. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't think Cam Akers was an elite player before this. He was good. And I think he'll still be good. I, I think he'll be a good player in a good offense next year. Um, and at fully healthy, he should be an RB1, um, probably on the lower end of that spectrum. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that uh, I think that he'll be just fine. 
Yeah, Mike, what do you think about Cam Akers for next year? I like him for next year quite a bit, depending on where where he's valued at. Um, and last couple games, and then we'll see how he does this game. But he, I mean, the dude just blew his Achilles, and he made a, a comeback that no athlete could could really do. And where you know, not us personally, but people out there slamming the dude. And it's just like, do you understand what? he had to do to come back and now you're like well he's not doing what we thought he would do well like walker pointed out he's just second game back or third game back um and he's in he's not all that into game shape and he's you know still you know return you know going back to the getting his body used to being pounded on and all those other kind of things so this is going to be absolutely great for him going into next year uh, and it's, yeah, I, I think, um, he might really, um, come back as if he doesn't do anything well against the 49ers, um, and they lose, let's just say this is the last game for the Rams this year. Cam Akers is going to be drafted further back, like RB 16, 17, but in return, he's going to be, you know, somewhere between 10 and 12. So he could come cheap to you. Okay. I mean, I'm, I was down on Cam Akers before he tore his Achilles. I think he had two very big games in primetime. He had one in the playoffs, one, I believe it was Thursday night football. And so we, we, um, and that was after a whole year of waiting. It was like, imagine the Javante Williams game from this year, but it happened twice. Um, so I think people got very, got very excited about him. And then him coming back from this Achilles injury, it's just doing the like hype on hype. So I think that if, you know, I don't think he'll have a good game um, because the 49ers run defense is really good. And I think that will help rationalize his value going into next year. I think we're going to I think we're maybe four months away from looking at ADP or expert consensus ranking and going, why is Cam Akers eight? I think that we're only a few months away from that happening. And I'm, I'm worried about that because. I don't like being the down guy on Cam Akers. I like Cam Akers. Um, I just think people have this irrational exuberance for what he is. Um, like, I think somewhere between, like, probably going to have him somewhere between, like, 13 and 15. I'm not going to have him as a wide or running back one. I just can't do it. Um, but, yeah, I think there's going to be some irrational exuberance for Cam Akers. And hopefully these he has some bad games and that evens it out. Well, you do think he's better than Darrell Williams, right? Or Darrell Henderson. Yeah, I do think yes. he's better than Daryl Henderson. And then Daryl Henderson was what an RB fourteen fifteen this year. Yeah, but he wasn't like I think he's better than Daryl Henderson, but I don't think Daryl Henderson is bad. No, I think it's gonna, neither do yeah, I. Yeah, I think it's going to be a split, is what it but, is. Because Daryl Henderson didn't have to contend with really anybody till Sony Michelle showed up. Yeah. You know. Sony Michelle showed up in the beginning of the season, though. Did he? Yeah, he did, but he didn't. He hardly, but he hardly played until Henderson got hurt, and then he played well. So yeah. when Henderson came back, then it was split. Yeah, yeah, that's that that that's what's that's what's in my head was after the the injury. So, but well, what are they going to do next year? Are they going to do the same thing as they did this year with Sony Michelle and Daryl Henderson, as in Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle, or is it going to be all Sony Michelle and little Daryl Henderson like it was little Sony Michelle? 
I think Cam Akers is going to get probably about 15 carries a game, 15 to 18 carries, and and Daryl Henderson's probably going to get eight to 12, and they're both going to get like one to three targets in a given game. So you're looking at you know 16 touches a game for Cam Akers and 13, 12, 11 to 13 for Daryl Henderson. Um, Ooh, so that's a big split. That's I think it's going to be 50, a big split. 50. I think it's going to be a big split, and I think the Rams not passing to their running back, which they don't do anymore, because honestly they don't have to, um, is is going to limit the upside of, of, of Cam Makers because Daryl Henderson isn't bad. We act like no, he's, 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 he's solid running back. Fine. Yeah, yeah he's, he's good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's going to be basically like what we were thinking it was going to be this season. Um, what reasonable people were thinking it was going to be this season, yeah. uh, like in August before Acres got hurt, which I had Acres around like RB fifteen, yeah. and then I had Henderson in the like mid thirties as like a occasional flex in good matchups, but mostly just a bench guy. So that's basically what you're gonna get. I think maybe Acres is a little higher than that because I think he probably gets a bit more of the share. But yeah, like again, I think Acres will be a fringe RB one, and Henderson will be a a guy who is on waivers in. Uh, in like eight to 10 team leagues and then on benches in uh, deeper leagues. Yeah. He's a, he's a, a guy who becomes a priority, a bigger priority, the deeper your league gets just because of like, uh, if something happens, uh, break glass in case of emergency, but in shallower leagues, there's a lot of better um, options out there. Uh, He's not the kind of guy you want to hamstring yourself, hamstring yourself with in an 18 league. Um, This MF said hamstring. Um, (laughs) Was the grink there? Was the um, hamstring there? Was the hamstring there? Um, uh, all right. Um, you guys want to talk about the NFC Championship game? Uh, sure, yeah. Let's, all right. Let's, let's get this done. Niners travel to their secondary home in Los Angeles. Uh, SoFi Stadium is a 46-point over under Rams, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Rams also begging fans to not sell their tickets to 49ers fans. Um, That's hilarious. They're like, no, we're going to, we're not going to sell out of this district. Well, they also had to backtrack that because there's no way for them to enforce that. Um, but I, I mean, this is what happens when you have a city full of transplants in LA with a team that's been there for what, three seasons. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a lot of, you know, Angelinos are 49ers fans because of the Rams moving to St. Louis. Right. So it's like, a a hell of their own making is the situation here and and um it is kind of a unique situation because they re-entered a territory after 25-ish years and um caused some issues uh with an existing fan base there so mike you want to know how the 49ers limit cooper cup and my answer is they don't next question (laughs) yeah that ain't happening yeah they're gonna get absolutely torched by cooper cup this secondary is not good it's it's well i take that back the corners aren't good ward and tart are good safeties but the secondary is not very good or the, the cornerbacks aren't very good um and i don't think you can slow down cooper cup i just don't think you can um mike what what were your thoughts with putting this question together well cooper cups and the obviously the number one wide receiver on the rams and uh if the four no, no no it's van jefferson we all know well, of that. course the yeah. yeah, what was I thinking? Um, second wide receiver, or maybe even the third wide receiver, because you also have OBJ there too. But um, good. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe. Jesus maybe. Christ. Um, <laughs> let, let's oh, look at. 
<clears throat> Let's look at it. So, I have to, I have to uh, uh, append what I said last week or amend whichever uh, you would like to use. I sat down. I figured out he is, I think, the 37th best wide receiver in the league. So, okay to good. I concede oh, the point, Walker. I win. Yeah. I, I sat down. And I said, I said, would I have this guy or that guy? Somewhere between 37 and 50. So, I, I, will, give, I will give Walker. He is better than 45. So, all right, Mike. Continue. Sorry. Very, very, very big of you, Jeff. Good I job. just remembered I did the OBJ thing uh, last weekend. So um, Odell Blowjob Jr. Folks, that's that's why you come to this podcast. Please remember Actually, just Odell Blowjob. Just please remember to <laughs> review and, and uh, subscribe. Five star review. <laughs> Five star review. Um, oddly blowjob. Oddly blowjob. <laughs> <laughs> I love to get an odd blowjob. <laughs> Wasn't that uh, isn't that a, a, a bad guy in uh, Goldeneye? Oddly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh Jesus. All right. Um, Mike, what were you saying? So Cooper Cup um, being a wide receiver. Well, we 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 he established is. that he is a wide receiver. I agree. Walker, you in concurrence? He's a wide receiver. He sure is. Okay. Okay. Awesome. I'm I'm glad we agree with that. Um. He, and it's just basically going to come down to how are you going to slow him down for the 49ers to win? Because if they don't, then this is going to get pretty, pretty quickly a blowout um, with an oddly blowjob receiver um, blowing out. So, yeah. You're blow out your O-ring. Um, <laughs> I don't think they have to stop Cooper Cup because they didn't stop Cooper Cup last time they played. They just he had 17 yards per touch. Last time they played, he had seven targets. He caught all of them. He had a rush for like 13 yards. Like he absolutely brutalized the 49ers and they still won. Um, so I'm, I'm trying, I'm looking at the game log here. Cause honestly that, that game existed in it. I remember barely anything about that because I was so stressed out I'm trying to see he caught, uh, let's see, 18 yards, 30 yards, four yards and a touchdown. Um, and then uh, a pass interference at the end of the game. So he actually still was killing the 49ers in the second half. So they just kind of let him do his thing. And I guess they were like, well, if Cooper Cup kills us, so be it. But um, we're not going to let the secondary guys uh, cause us issues, which is what they did with Devontae Adams, too. And it worked. So, um, you know, it's what it's, as the kids say. Um, I don't think they do. I, I, yeah, I, I'm not sure they really even try. I, I think they'll just do the normal thing they've done the, the previous two games. Cup will have a big game like he pretty much always does. And they'll try their best to corral everybody else. Yeah, if they so think of it this way. If Cooper Cup has 130 yards and they hold everybody else on the team to... The same amount of yards. Yeah, or, or, or 110 yards. That's 240 passing yards. That's a win when you're going right. up against the Rams. So I think that that's what they try to do. That's what they did with, you know, that's what they did with Devontae Adams last week. They didn't do the silly Ravens thing where they just like stacked defensive backs on Devontae Adams. They kind of just like were like, all right, well, it is what it is. And um, Aaron Rodgers was brash enough to just keep funneling targets to Devontae Adams. But that's been the 49ers MO all year. They're like, we will let the star beat us and the star can only do so much um, if we shut down all the secondary pieces. Um, You know, that's what they did. Just I I still have the vision in my memory of everybody um, just kind of like 
Oh no, that was the opposite because they let they let Adam Thielen try to beat them against the um, the Vikings because everybody went with Justin Jefferson. But they just they just let Devonta Adams do his thing. They let Cooper Cup do his thing. So I don't think they'll they'll try to stop him. So I'm going to stop babbling and go to Walker's question, which is: Will Sean McVay let Stafford cook? Yeah, and I I think that to a degree, yes. I mean, I. More so than last week. I, I don't. I don't think that McVeigh is going to turtle again, especially against a division rival. I, it's just not. He's not going to be able to. We saw it didn't work in Week 17. They got the lead. They tried to sit on it. It didn't work. Um, I, I think they're going to have a similar game plan for the first half of this game, and if they get out to a lead, I expect them to continue to keep the pedal down. I mean this. There's bad blood here. This is a, you know, it, this is the conference championship game. You're going to throw pretty much everything you got at it, um, and they simply haven't really been able to run the ball. I mean, they'll still give Cam Akers carries. I mean, I'm not saying they're not. They're just going to not run it. But, um, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that Stafford will be controlling the offense all game as opposed to just a half of the game. Um, yeah, I think that I'm, I'm trying to decide if the Sean McVay Rams cast the yoke off or not. I think they have a very good shot of casting the yoke off of, you know, six straight losses to the Niners and, you know, the Niners week 18 game being literally the only game that Sean McVay's ever lost where he was leading at halftime. And I think you're right. I think. He looks at what Cam Akers did last week, which was not do a lot and then fumble the football and go. We got to see how far Matthew Stafford takes us. You know, they got to they have to put their foot on the throat of the 49ers. And I think Sean McVay knows that. And so I think Sean McVay will let Matthew Stafford cook. I think he'll let him just go hog wild. Him and Cooper Cup just. Sean McVay is going to show feet and put them on uh, the 49ers neck. That's right. He is going to do an Aaron Rodgers. He's going to post feats. Um, you know, we may have already seen Sean McVay's feet, by the way, because he did he did jump in his pool on hard knocks. So we got to go back and see if we saw feet, if we saw feet from Sean McVay. <laughs> so I think that Sean McVay, he knows, like Walker said, he cannot put this ball or put this game on his run offense because it's not good right now. Um, especially going up against the 49ers. Um, Cam Akers was an active detriment to the team and he luckily did not cost them the game last week. Um, so I think that he will, he has no choice but to let Matthew Stafford cook because the Rams are going to go as far as Matthew Stafford takes them. Um, they have a, an extremely strong defense but they also have an extremely strong offense. So they don't have to do the 49ers thing where they're just like, we'll let the defense figure out how far we go. Um, they're going to let the offense figure out how far they go. So um, to answer your question, yes. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to want the, you know, the running game of, of the, the Rams to dictate this offense because of how bad the 49ers are in the secondary. So when you have – Cooper Cup and you have all the other receivers on this team that are solid to above, uh, you're going to want to utilize them. And you have Matthew Stafford. So throw the ball, continuously throw the ball into unless, 
you're absolutely just getting wrecked, which is a possibility with that four nearest front. You know, if Matthew Stafford is just continuously hitting the ground and you're not moving the, the ball at all, then you might have to change philosophy. But I, I, I think they go into this, this game throwing and then readjusting if, if necessary. Yeah, uh, the 49ers front speeding up the 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 Rams. Um, I'm thinking they like Odell Beckham's more of a downfield guy. Van Jefferson, the same thing. Cooper Cup, the same thing. Um, Tyler Higby for a tight end is a pretty downfield guy, um, and they don't pass to the running back, so that might be a hole in their offensive scheme left by Robert Woods being gone. Because, you know, you could always count on Robert Woods on, like, the slant route or whatever. And uh, that could cause them problems if the 49ers, you know, get a couple jailbreaks and, um, uh, you know, hurry Matt Stafford into a bad idea or two. Um, but ultimately, I think that, yeah, I think I think Stafford um, and Sean McVay are going to um, be united in the fact that this is a monkey off the back game for both of them. For Sean McVay, for getting... Uh, Kyle Shanahan off his back and for Matthew Stafford for like Walker pointed out the label of being a guy who can't do it, um, which is not not fairly earned. That was a byproduct of being on the Rams for or the Lions for, for a decade. So. Yeah. Um, and Jimmy G's vibes can only take them so far. <laughs> Sorry. Vibes. You can only do vibes for so long. So um, speaking of vibes, uh, can the 49ers offensive line hold up against the onslaught? Um, that being uh, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, who's playing pretty well. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, thank you. I just had a sneeze. <laughs> very, <laughs> very sudden sneeze. Yeah, very sudden sneeze. Um, <laughs> and then Floyd, um, uh, just causing wrecking havoc. Um, you know, Jimmy G got sacked four times last week. This group got three sacks against Brady. Hurried him a lot. Made him bleed, like we mentioned. Um, you know, the 49ers offensive line, it, they have Trent Williams, uh, fullback Trent Williams. Um, you know, one of the, the the best left tackles in the league. But then there's some defeatable parts of this line. So I'm wondering if um, if the 49ers offensive line can hold up against against the Rams pass rush, um, if they can hold up against this onslaught. Yeah, it's going to be a good test. Uh, you know, in the same way with the Rams, too, and the 49ers, it. It, both defensive fronts are it's going to be a fun game um a lot of quick passes a lot of because uh, it's, it's going to have to because blitzfield's coming in let's hope that trent williams doesn't have to go into motion on on a third down <laughs> and short run play again uh, excuse me he also did it on a fourth down and short run play oh that's right uh, yeah. i i'm going to say basically the same thing i said last week uh last week i said that the rams were going to overload josh wells and alex kappa with Von Miller, Aaron Donald, and Leonard Floyd. This week they're going to do that to some combination of Tom Compton, Daniel Brunskill, and Mike McGlinchey. And it's going to go the same way. Uh, the Niners are not going to be able to hold up against this. They will just, they'll sacrifice Oboe Okoronkwo to Trent Williams, the God, and they'll just bring all the pressure off the right side, consistently beat the Niners, and be in Garoppolo's face all game. Yeah, so I was looking at um, the Week 18 game again, and um, three sacks of Garoppolo in this one, but five sacks of Stafford. So um, I think this will be a game where there's going to be a lot of uh, quarterbacks on their ass. Yep. Um, 
So, um, you know, we'll just see who holds up. And um, for the Rams, I completely forgot to mention their injuries when we talked about them because Andrew Whitworth is going to be a big one. Um, They said that he's the left tackle for the Rams. They said he's on track to play for the NFC Championship game. Um, So um, I think, honestly, I think a lot of who wins this game might hinge on how well Andrew Whitworth does. Um, Because if they can't hold up against the 49ers, like that's that's their path forward is the 49ers win this game if they can get two or three turnovers out of Matthew Stafford. And I think if uh, Andrew Whitworth is there, he can stop those turnovers from happening. Yeah. Um, so, uh, boys, I got to do it to him. Let's go Niners, baby. Niners win. <laughs> Going back to the Super Bowl. Let's go. Uh, Rams are winning this one. Yeah, this is not going to be. I think both games are going to be blowouts. Uh, this this time it's going to be the Rams over the 49ers. All right. Well, that's it. That's Mike's last episode of the podcast. Um, for saying the Niners are going to get blown up. No, I just have to say I'm very happy that NFC game second because I don't think I could sit through the AFC game if the Niners got absolutely blasted, which is in the range of outcomes here. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm going. I'm going Niners because I'm going Homer. Um, so uh, yeah, you guys have anything else you want to add about this weekend? I don't know uh, what I'm going to do on Saturday. It's been two weeks, and all we've got is football. Now I have nothing. I may or may not be recording another episode of the Reactionaries podcast. So what? Why? What happened? Oh, uh, it's either probably going to be on Saturday or Monday. We're not sure yet. So oh, yeah, no, it'll be F9, baby, going back to the the Toretto Cinematic Universe. Uh, so, all right. Uh, if you guys don't have anything to add, this has been the uh, championship game episode of the Football Absurdity Podcast. Uh, if you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe on your podcast app of choice. You can check us out on footballabsurdity.com. Um, we are not streaming on Twitch right now, but we got some stuff going that we're probably going to start streaming again soon. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash footballabsurdity. Um, like I said at the top, Twitter is at fballabsurdity. Walker is Big Daddy Dricks with an X. Uh, the newest Supreme Court Justice, Walker uh, Kelly. Oh, God. <laughs> Don't put me on the Supreme Court, please. Mike, Mike is RFL Red Zone, and I am Jeff Crisco, K-R-I-S-K-O. We will be back in this feed in two weeks, unless you're listening to this on our Patreon feed, in which case we'll be back next week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, and uh, let's go Niners. Uh, feels great, baby. For Niners Cincinnati, let's do it for the third time. Uh, go Rams. Worst loss of Aaron Rodgers' career. The bad man no longer applies. It's just one game in a lot of people's eyes, not mine. When he beat Chicago, he made news earlier this year. He said, I own you. I still own you. Mm -hmm. He forgot to mention who he's owned by. And that's the San Francisco 49ers in the postseason.